Thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far. The hustle and grind continues as we're now into season two of 52 Weeks of Hustle. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. It is not uncommon for industry professionals to think about a specific career path on what they really want to do, but they end up finding their true passion and having a long career. Our next guest did just that and has now worked in five different sports leagues. I'm excited to have Amber Cox, Chief Operating Officer at KCNWSL. Amber, welcome to the show. So great to be here, Travis. I'm excited about it. No, thank you so much for your time. I'm certainly excited for our conversation and and look forward to talking about your career path and hearing all the advice you have for the listeners. But you've had quite the year, not just in the pandemic, but over the the six months ago, you joined the inaugural National Women's Soccer League team in KC in Kansas City there. The franchise was awarded to the city in December. Training camp started in February. You started in March. First game was in April. So have you been able to catch your breath? No, but it's been a blast. Um, it's, it's, it's like nothing I've ever been a part of in my career. Um, every day has been different and an opportunity that, you know, again, it just, this has been so new for all of us and really ramping up from, you know, just the very beginning from zero um, at a very fast pace has been a challenge, but so much fun. And it's been awesome to see it all come to fruition and just the response from the community. You know, I would say Kansas City is one of the best, if not the best sports cities in the country. And um, the response just has been like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah, so it's it's full gear ahead. So as the chief operating officer of not only just a, a, you know, a team in the NWSL, but the inaugural team, the, the inaugural year here, what's a day-to-day look like for you? Oh, none of them are the same. (laughs) So, you know, early on when I started, it was a lot of um, operations. We were really focused on ramping up to our first home match. We are playing at Legends Field, which um, the primary tenant is the Monarchs Baseball Club. They are um, a minor league team that plays out there. Um, And just configuring the space for soccer. And we feel like we've done a tremendous job with that space. There was a lot of focus on making sure you know, the fan experience was going to be great, that the player experience was great coming into that. So that was really the early part of my, my tenure. Um, I've been really fortunate to have Jen Fushi uh, join us as our VP of ticket sales and service, got a lot of experience in the space. So she really jumped in and led the charge, transitioning from a deposit campaign into, you know, converting those folks into full season tickets and then selling in groups and all of those things. Um, And then now we've really been focused on refining the process, looking ahead to 22 22 and beyond, 
um, you know, again, thinking about what our forever brand is going to be and going through that process. So no day, day has really been the same, which makes it super exciting. And again, so many interesting and fun opportunities and challenges, um, you know, that we've, we've been able to tackle and seen great success. And certainly a lot of moving pieces. And, and you kind of mentioned there, you know, the, the brand right now, KCNWSL, you're going through the process of what is that forever brand, but also the NWSL as, as a league as a whole. And so as you think about that now, what the future holds for not only the league, but, but the team there in KC, what's an elevator pitch that, that you would provide for either people that are looking to, to partner with and come on board as a fan or a consumer or also work in that, in that league? Yeah, you know, NWSL is the best women's soccer in the world. So first and foremost, when you're coming out to one of these matches, you are seeing players from all over the world who are bringing their top level talents to, you know, the, t- the teams in our league. Um, not to mention, you know, the majority of our U.S. women's national team plays in the league and one of the for one of the various clubs. So first and foremost, you're getting just tremendous soccer action. And you really see, you know, last year during the pandemic, NWSL was first out of the gate um, to create that bubble setup and saw massive spikes in viewership and impressions and engagement. I think a lot of people tuned in maybe for the first time and really got hooked. Um, And that has translated across the league just in terms of attendance and growth and partnerships. So it's an exciting time to be a part of the league. You're really seeing, um, I think, in general for women's sports, this tipping point um, that we're all experiencing, you know, again, coming from the WNBA and into NWSL, I would say across both those leagues, you can really feel that momentum shifting in a, in a really positive manner. Um, so it's fun to be a part of, um, you know, staff that is coming in right now is getting really, especially to our team, is getting to be a part of something again from the ground up. And I say this all the time to our team, you know, we get caught up in, day, in the day-to-day basis in, in the weeds of doing the work, right? And the tactics and what we have to get done on our checklist. But make no mistake, like you are a part of history. You are a part of changing the world, changing our society by building the foundation of this league, not only here in Kansas City, but you know across our country and worldwide. And I think being at, at this and in this league at this point in time, you know, very early, when we're talking 20, 25, 30 years down the road, to be able to look back and say, I was a part of the beginning, I think is truly something special. Well, and you know, and we'll dive into your career path. Like it, it's hard at times to be a part of something of a build and, and something that you're immersing yourself in the community. And again, you know, your team just got awarded in December. So you're, you haven't even been around a full year. And so as you think about that, you've talked Amber, a lot of moving pieces, certainly long hours, some challenges, a very quick turnaround. What would you say you've been most proud of thus far in accomplishing? I mean, I'm really always proud of the people, right? It's, you know, this has been my mantra throughout my career. It's always about the people around you. You know, we will have seasons where we win championships. We'll have seasons where, you know, we may not make the playoffs. At the end of the day, like you're in it with a group of people and that's your technical staff, that's your players. And that's the people that are working in the front office that are all pulling in the same direction. And that creates because of all the things that you just said, the hours that we work, like the passion that we all feel, 
you know, we, we're all doing this because we really love it and we want it to be successful and the very best that it can be for our players, our fans, and we want to grow it together. And I just think that creates an incredible bond. So I am really always the proudest of, um, you know, my staff, the people, yep. right. And I find myself more and more, and maybe this is age, you know, like at those opening moments of a match or a game when you're playing the intro video and the crowd is on their feet and you've got the full house. Like I find myself getting really emotional yep. and I hope again, this is where I hope my staff is really taking a moment to be really, really proud um, of what they've accomplished because I'm super proud of all of them and, and just love seeing, you know, young professionals climb the ladder and, and have success. And to be able to take it all in and, you know, realize this is why we work in sports. It is a 100%. grind. There's a lot of long hours, there's nights, there's weekends, but it comes to fruition. And so, you know, along those lines of people, people are very important in, in anything you do. And one of the owners of the team is Brittany Matthews, a former collegiate soccer player and wife of NFL quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And so how's it working alongside her knowing that obviously she's coming from a, a sports background and a sports family. She played it. She's married to, to probably arguably, you know, the, the most famous player in KC right now, but how is it working alongside her and the rest of the ownership group, knowing the passion you have in building that championship franchise, both on the, on the field, as well as on the business side? I mean, this ownership group is really, you know, what sold me and why I'm here. I think they have Chris and Angie Long have such a tremendous vision um, and belief in this league and are thinking about this in a way, you know, that is, um, you know, it's big, right? We're thinking big here and we're going to, um, set a new standard for women's soccer and women's sports. And that's our goal. Um, everybody is super collaborative. Um, you know, obviously, uh, incredibly invested in terms of what they're providing in terms of input and resources. Brittany has been awesome. Um, I think coming, being a, a high, high level soccer player herself, I think she brings that player perspective um, to the table. And it's super, super valuable as we're looking at every piece of the business. And, you know, I think she is, represents Kansas City, right? Like she loves Kansas City. So I think brings that perspective as well, uh, but, but very engaged in the process and excited about <laughs> all the meetings we're having related to the brand. She wants to help. She wants to be involved and, and just always brings the great ideas. So she's been awesome to work with and um, it's been cool to have her a part of it. And certainly over the years, we've talked about just the value of people, you know, the, the people yeah. are the most important thing of who you're going to work for with and alongside. And, you know, Amber, as you look at this in, in Kansas City as, as in general, it's kind of coming back home for two things. You know, one, Kansas City previously held a franchise in the NWSL, won back to back championships in 2014 and 15. But this is also the return home for you as you grow up uh, just outside in Monette, Missouri. So was that important for you to, to come back home? It was. And frankly, I wasn't really looking for the opportunity. You know, I was very happy in Connecticut, had a great situation there um, with the WNBA team. Um, and, you know, this opportunity popped up. I had the chance to meet Chris and Angie and, and talk about what they were building. And again, just was so excited by their, their vision, their enthusiasm, and the way they were thinking about building this franchise. Um, man, I was fired up. And and the opportunity to then do that in my home state, um, in a city that I love, 
it's just a dream come true. I, I really didn't know if there would ever be an opportunity for me to get this close to home and continue working in women's sports. Um, so it really has been, I wake up every day and pinch myself. Like, I can't believe I'm here. Um, I can't believe circle. I get to go to so many more Chiefs games, right? Yeah. I get to do all the things I love. I can go, go home and see grandma on the weekends if I want to. Like yep. all the things that are important personally, and especially as I've gotten older and been away for 20 years, and then to be able to come to work every day and just love my job as much as I do, um, it's it's really a dream come true. And you certainly can tell you have a passion for this and a passion for your city and a passion for the franchise. And, you know, growing up, Amber, your mom and dad and stepdad owned a greenhouse. So you immediately started seeing how a business was run. And then many people grow up with a love of sports with their family. And so what was your connection from a business connection with sports and specifically basketball for you? So my my father um, was six, seven and played a little bit of college basketball. And, you know, growing up around him, there was just sports always on in the house. And, you know, back in the day, I'm dating myself a little bit here. There was like two NBA games on a week. We're always the Sunday afternoon game. And it was always, you know, the Celtics and the Lakers or and or right. They're playing in some capacity. And there wasn't a team in the Midwest. The Kings had departed at that point. So we, we were Celtics fans and I just, I loved Larry Bird. I watched everything that he did. And I was really fortunate because in that greenhouse that you mentioned, there was this huge workroom that had, you know, like 15 foot ceilings. And so we had a basketball goal in there and it was warm. Of like course. I could, play, I could play year round. So yeah. It just really, I just fell in love with the game really early. I was five or six years old. I spent many, many hours out in that greenhouse shooting hoops. And, um, you know, I had the bug again, very early age. And my mom was really at the forefront of running that greenhouse. And I think now looking back, you know, when you're a kid, like you're not really, you're only really focused on yourself, but looking back, witnessing her and the way she was running that business and managing the people and, uh, growing the business, I think had such a huge impact on me, um, yeah. being a, a woman and a leader. Um, and again, just the way she managed people on a daily basis. Um, I know that I carry all that with me every single day. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, you, you take that basketball and you end up playing collegiately at William Woods University. And so, you know, as you think about playing, you know, to your point in high school, it's one thing you to play collegiately, like what were some of those key learnings that you still apply to your every day? Yeah, you know, I knew I really wanted to play college basketball. I wasn't the fastest, not the tallest, um, but William Woods really presented me with the opportunity to stay relatively close to, close to home um, and be in an environment that felt really comfortable. You know, it's a small NAIA school and I wanted to just play as much as I could. So I knew that walking in the door as a freshman, I would get some playing time and be able to maximize those four years. Cause at the time the WNBA wasn't, I was never going to make it in the WNBA. Let me just be real clear about that. But like, I, that wasn't even, you know, didn't even happen until my senior year. That was 1996. So the lesson for me was just like, I loved being a part of a team. I love having teammates. I love the camaraderie. Again, the work ethic. I think that sports teaches us all playing at any level is so, so important. And especially for, for young women, again, I just think that helped build the leadership skills that you still implement today, right? You think about how a certain teammate or 
somebody that's working for you, you know, needs to be communicated with. It's, there's really no difference, right, in learning that skill set. So again, you kind of, you take all these nuggets that you learn along the way in life about your interactions with people and you learn how to implement that as you move on and into different roles. Absolutely. You talk about communication. You, you go on to it, uh, receive your communications degree and then your MBA from William Woods University. And in the intro of how I interviewed you, I discussed it's not uncommon for individuals to think about one career path and then all of a sudden something happens and it changes. And so as you were going to school, you really wanted to be in journalism or so you thought. You had a volunteer experience at the Atlanta Olympics that changed your mind just a little bit. So walk us through that experience. So it was between my junior and senior year at William Woods. I volunteer like it's just, you know, the things now looking back that I did just sort of unprompted, I think, oh my gosh, I was, I didn't, I, I can't even believe that I did that. I walked into the student center and there was one of those flyers with all the tear off pieces of paper yeah. that said volunteer in Atlanta. I call the number, I get my little packet, I get in the car, I drive however many hours down to Georgia, stay with a family friend. And next thing I know, I'm like standing next to the U.S. men's national team, you know, the dream team as they're getting ready to go onto the floor, like just crazy now looking back. And in yep. the moment, I didn't really know what I was experienced, but experiencing, but I was so grateful for that experience because I was around a lot of journalists and I just, I walked away from it thinking, man, I just don't think that's for me. I don't think it's the greatest um, fit. There wasn't a lot of interaction among the group, right? Like everybody's really focused yep. on their, their own thing. I have so much respect for everybody that does those, those jobs, but I came back and told my athletic director, just not sure that that's for me. And he said, tell you what, why don't you stay on, get your master's degree in business. That will give you sort of another look at the industry and maybe provide some other uh, pathways that you can take. And then uh, as part of that, you can be our assistant basketball coach, which I just did a lot of laundry there. I'm not <laughs> a great basketball coach. And I also started the sports information department at William Woods. It, it was still a relatively new career and especially at a college of that level. So that really became like, wow, I can take a lot of these communication skills and apply them. Um, and I'm affiliated with like one institution. I can still sort right. of be a fan and I can still interact with the teams. So I, I really thought like, you know, I was going to be the sports information media person for someone. That was really right. the path that I was, I was on. So it was interesting how the course changed there, but I was fortunate to have, again, great mentors and people around me that allowed me to continue my, continue my education. And that business degree was a really important piece as I got further into my career. And I think two things of, of really important advice from that is, is first, we talk in this business about going above and beyond and doing the little things that go a long way. And people, you know, those things are still out there, the flyers and Who's willing to make that call and say, yeah, I'll go to Atlanta. Like, why not? It's something to do. And I think for listeners, you know, wanting to get in this business, you got to be willing to go out of your comfort zone. And I think the other thing it's vitally important, right, is not everybody knows exactly what they want to do with career wise. So gain right. as much real life experience as you can in college, right after college to truly learn where your passion is. And don't just move to some city to start a new job because that's what you thought you wanted to do. And then two months later, you're like, I can't do this anymore. So, so certainly great advice. So as you think about the Olympics back then, what was a memorable story that you have from, from the games? I mean, the greatest, there's a couple, like the women win, winning that gold medal in 1996. Again, 
you know, I didn't know what was happening in the moment, but that really was the springboard to the WNBA was that 96 women's Olympic team. And you just think about what they have meant to women's professional basketball and just women's sports in general. Now, looking back to be a part of that was, it's just unreal that I was standing where I was standing, watching them get their gold medals. I think the funniest moment was um, that gymnastics and basketball were in the same venue in the Georgia Dome at the time, and they split right down the middle. And so the first week was gymnastics. The second week was basketball. And they were kind of in this in-between period. So all the gymnastics stuff was sort of set up. Again, like Team USA, the men's team was sort of standing off to the side, and they're getting ready to come onto the court for their warm-ups, waiting for the, the previous game to be done. And all of a sudden I look over and Shaquille O'Neal is like swinging from the, you know, like the parallel bars, you know, of course, like his knees are hitting the floor. I was going to say, he's not a small guy, but I will never forget that visual. It was um, incredible, but yeah, it was unbelievable. You know, you think about like Carrie Scruggs and her like memorable vault that won the gold, like won the gold. I was, I was probably 25 feet from that. So, yeah. you know, again, yeah, the there's moment, probably just, video or pictures that you're in. I probably, I should probably look, you know, <laughs> and that was all like pre cell phones and stuff. So I'd really probably be a part of history if that was all around. <laughs> what a great experience. And so it was awesome. you mentioned, you know, through that experience, you, you realize, all right, here's my passion. You go back, get your MBA, you work in the sports information and your career mindset, you know, had, had shifted a little bit. And your first job out of college was an account executive with VisionWorks Marketing and Communication. So how was that experience for you and how did it ultimately lead you down the sports path? Yeah. So I wanted to stay in the area and there wasn't, you know, there, there weren't a lot of opportunities. Again, I was really focused on the sports information piece. So you kind of had like Mizzou and then you had the, some of the smaller colleges. Um, so I took this opportunity with vision works, which again, you kind of take these things and it's a leap of faith. Uh, but I had a really good connection with the owner, a woman named Lily Vianello, who still to this day is a great friend and advisor and mentor, just um, incredible woman, businesswoman. Um, and it was a smaller agency at the time when I started with her, you know, working um, with just a few staff members. And in the two years that I was there, like we grew to a new office space and I got to do a little bit of everything. You know, of course I was using some of my business skills and, and communication skills, but I think I did a little like finance work, which is a little scary um, (laughs) for an English major. Um, But I got to do and see every part of the business as it was really making a transition into a new um, sort of a next chapter and being a part of that, even down to like, you know, the building acquisition, right? And what that looked like. And again, in the moment, you're not, you're taking all of that in, not knowing how you're going to apply it. But that was super valuable. I, it created, it, it made me a much more well-rounded person. I attended a lot of networking events. Obviously, I was in a lot of client meetings. So the level of professionalism, I think, and especially with Lily's guidance, um, I really learned a lot. And then I got a call um, from the athletic director. And again, this speaks to what you said earlier. One of the things that I did while I was at William Woods, um, the conference that William Woods was in, it's the American Midwest Conference, they called me and said, hey, we need a sports information director for the conference. Will you also take that on? And you know, like, I'm sure, absolutely. You'll do anything. I want to learn as much as I can. But as a part of doing that, and 
and taking that on, I got to know every athletic director in the conference. And there was another athletic director right down the road um, in Columbia, Missouri, played in the same conference, Columbia College, a gentleman by the name of Bob Burchard, who their sports information job came open. I applied and I knew Bob. So I picked up the phone and said, yeah. Bob, you need to hire me. And he did. And I was there for five years and it was an awesome experience. And again, small school playing in a market with a big college uh, with Mizzou. And we really tried to do things at a top, top level for a school of our size. So I got merchandising experience, fundraising experience, game operations. I mean, you had to do everything like set up the chairs, do the broom. If the PA person didn't show up, I was calling the volleyball game, on the game, all of it. So man, that was, I worked hard in that job, but I learned so much. Um, and it was such a blast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Amber Cox, Chief Operating Officer of KCNWSL. And so, Amber, you just talked about, you know, that first sports career move with Columbia College as the, the sports information director. Spent five and a half years there. A ton of great experience. And your next stop in your illustrious career was with the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA. And so first as the director of marketing for five seasons, where they, you really helped expand the fan base, revolutionize the product off the court. So how did that role come about and what were some key differences going from that collegiate to that professional space? Uh, well, I, I applied for that director of marketing job. I was like, I'm, I'm ready to take a leap out of Missouri here and I might as well go somewhere warm. Yep. Um, and so I applied for this job and I meet this woman named Jay Perry, um, who really put me through the paces for about six months in the interview process and finally really took a, a, a chance on me. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know much about the professional sports space and how it was different from the collegiate space other than you know what you'd sort of seen and heard peripherally through you know courses and various things Here and there. sports management courses um when i went went to william wood so jay really took a chance on me and i learned so much from her she absolutely is one of the smartest people in our industry um and you know, really took me under my wing and her wing and, and, um, taught me everything about the business, how we needed to think about growing the fan base in a way that was strategic to make sure that, you know, that again, this was like year 10 of the WNBA. And we really needed to make sure that we were creating a sustainable model, um, that would grow the fan base. And how do we think about casting a wider net and data collection and, 
like all those metrics, right? Versus just doing kind of doing, doing things in a vacuum. So I really credit Jay to providing all of the guidance and knowledge um, when I started at the Mercury um, and, and had just a great run there for nine years. Hey, you talk about Jay there for, for a second, you know, in this business, we talk a lot about the value of mentorship and you, you work for one of the, your biggest mentors in the industry executive and Jay Perry. And so first, what's your advice to listeners on, on the importance of having a mentor or mentors? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. I think there is this um, belief that you need to, I mean, there's a, you have to, you definitely have to extend yourself and put yourself in a position to find that mentor. But I think there is an organic component to it. Like it can't be forced. I think it's got to feel right for both people. There's got to be that, that connection. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it's vital, right? And what I think is great about the sports industry is how it really can, how connected it is. Um, you know, there is, there is rarely a time when a student reaches out to me that I don't hop on the phone for 30 minutes. Yep. It's just, it's so important to give back, to build the next generation. And especially when we're talking about women working in this industry, you know, I'm super passionate about that, making sure that, you know, young men and women understand the pathways, right? This is what you need to be doing. And to your point that, you know, the hard work, the hustle, being open to every opportunity that you possibly can, whether it's an internship or just a, a game night, you know, running papers job, right? Running stats, like all those things add up to the experiences that will take you where you um, need to go. So it's, it's absolutely vital. Um, and I think, again, most people tend to kind of, you organically work your way into those relationships. And I was super fortunate that, that it worked out with um, Jay. No, absolutely. And you mentioned you end up having a nine-year stint with the Phoenix Mercury, spent the last two years as the president and chief operating officer, being in charge of all business and basketball operations for the franchise, and certainly a very big job. And you helped oversee the team and winning two championships. So as you look back, what was your best memory from that time in those nine years? I mean, I, I didn't have anything to do with those championships. I'm going to give Diana Taurasi and Kenny <laughs> Taylor all the credit for those. I, I'm Diana Taurasi makes you look very smart from a marketing standpoint. When she's winning championships, it makes selling tickets. Um, you know, everybody wanted to come out and see the GOAT for sure. But, you know, I think um, winning um, that 2009 championship at home in front of the X Factor was so special. You know, 07, we were the first team to win on the road in Detroit. That was great. Um, it was fun to do that and come back in that series. But to do that at home, um, with that team, um, was just really, really special to celebrate with that fan base that is so passionate and behind that team and, and just like see the fan base grow over the years. Right. You know, I think when I got there in 2005, they had just drafted Diana, it was sort of the build into what has become this great, you know, championship run. And I think, you know, if you look at the crowds now and Vince Kozar over there is doing a tremendous job, um, running the show for the Mercury now. Yep. I think that has been the sustained success on the business side is there has been a sustained uh, pass off of the baton, if you will, right? With um, the mentorship that you talk about, like Vince worked for me and stepped into that role. That's a credit, I think, to the leadership over there in Phoenix that has done a good job of creating this, you know, sort of sustainable leadership model that has allowed the Mercury to be a top 
um, the WNBA in business and basketball for a long time. You say for both. Absolutely. Well, I always ask my guests this, that are fortunate enough to win a championship or two. Do you ever wear the rings? I haven't worn them in a while and I worked, you know, I was working for another WNBA team. So it certainly wasn't appropriate at that point when I was working over there, but Very true. now that I'm back in soccer, I might pull those out from time to time, but I do get them out and just look at them. Every nice. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, that's the prize possession. Yep. Designing the ring is the best, the best part of the job for sure. Well, Amber, after a successful run there in Phoenix, you get back into the collegiate space as the associate uh, commissioner for women's basketball with the Big East Conference. And so after being away from collegiate sports for, for almost a decade, were there any big differences that, from the last time around? Well, I, what I really saw is the opportunity. A couple of things. The Big East had just um, formed into what they're called, what is now the new Big East, right? Um, yep. uh, Val Ackerman was running, is running the show over there. Val had was just leaving the WNBA right as I was coming in. And for me, like Val is you know, she's, the, she's the goat. She's the yep. of like women's basketball. So the opportunity to come in under her leadership and work for her was certainly appealing. Um, you know, living in New York was, uh, kind of a dream, right? So the opportunity to, to do that was really cool. And I had never really worked in like major D one collegiate sports. So yep. I was really curious about that, you know, sort of space and the difference that we could make around women's basketball. Um, so we did some really cool, innovative things that I, that I think have carried over for their teams. A lot of the things that, um, were implemented on the WNBA side, you know, whether it's a, it's a workshop, right. Talking about how you build a camp day, how you're building your group business. You know, we talked a lot about those things. Um, and you know, I th- again, I think a lot of those programs have implemented those things, you know, big East is obviously doesn't have football, so they are really focused on their men's and women's uh, basketball, basketball build out, um, not only on the court, but off. So it was a it was a cool thing to again, that that was very similar to kind of what I'm in now and that it was they were kind of relaunching in this new space. And um, so it was cool to be a part of the beginning of of what they now had established, which is tremendous. Absolutely. Well, then from there, you go on to become the vice president and chief marketing officer for the Houston Dynamo of the MLS and the Dash of the NWSL. So similar question as before with the collegiate space. That was your first time back in Houston working in soccer. So are there any big differences now that you're in it over the last six, seven months between now and, and back then when you were at the, the Dynamo and Dash? Yeah, I think I think NWSL has made major strides. I think the leadership under um, Lisa Baird has been tremendous. I think there's been a lot of structure put in place at the league level. And then, you know, I think you just naturally see the league growing in a positive way, you know, and that's all the things we talked about at the beginning, right? The sponsorship growth, the ticket growth, the viewership, engagement, all those things. The support of women's soccer is arguably one of um, the biggest in our country when you think about, again, the U.S. women's national team and what they attract. So naturally, it's been great to step back into the NWSL and really see the from the inside um, the growth that's taken place. It's been it's been awesome. And it was cool to be on the on the Dynamo side as well. Right. Again, it was a space that I'd never been in um, really leading um, a creative team and just being over really marketing PR, CR. I didn't no, we obviously touched the revenue generating departments, right. but I wasn't overseeing them. 
So to really just be focused on that space and think about, you know, how we're marketing these two teams together and separately was a lot of fun. Again, I got super lucky. I was there in 2016. Carly Lloyd was on the dash and she scored the three goals in the World Cup final and then came back and played for the dash. So that was a cool, again, it was really this moment in time that I feel like we were able to maximize um, for the dash and still continues, you know, to, to be a springboard for them um, today and what they're building over there. John Walker's over there leading that charge, yeah. doing a tremendous job for them. You know, I think you talked about like you work for a lot of the, the goats, quote unquote goats. I think it's just you at this point. They come to you, <laughs> no, so, which, is, which is a great feeling. Well, prior to your role now, Amber, you spent four and a half years as both the vice president of the Connecticut son of the WNBA and the New England Black Wolves of the National Lacrosse League. So another sports league that you're a part of. And so how was first, how was juggling multiple properties and ensuring that you and the team were as efficient and effective each and every day? Yeah, it's a great question. It, and they did play in opposite seasons. So that made it, um, you know, that made it easier to manage, I guess I would say, you know, you weren't overlapping as much with games, but we had to be really strategic with the planning process, right? Like we'd be in the middle of summer and the Connecticut sun would be on a road trip for 10 days. And we would use that window of time to really build our strategy, you know, for the launch of the black hole season to make sure that the creative was approved, that we had got all our pricing in place, that we had ordered what we need to order. And then vice versa, you know, when we would have a big gap of time in the winter, we would focus on the sun. So it really was just about being strategic with our time management. I mean, I, both, both of those teams, I mean, obviously it's Connecticut. It's the women's basketball capital of the world. The support that the Connecticut sun receives is tremendous. The Black Wolves, I came in, in the team's second season and the NLL is just like the coolest league. I mean, it is I fell in love with that sport. The very first game that we had home game was my first, first NLL lacrosse game. Yeah. And it is so much fun. I mean, that it, it really is. The guys are great. Um, they make it so easy to market um, them. And so it caught on really quickly. You know, yep. we were averaging um, five, 6,000 fans over there um, within the first couple of years. It just was a, a really awesome. fun, entertaining um, product. So it was cool to kind of transition and really challenged us, I think, from a marketing and ticket sales standpoint, because they're very, they're different audiences, right? Yep. Like you're thinking about there is, is there an opportunity to cross promote? We had some of those people, but then they're very different communities yep. that we're talking to. So I liked that challenge. Yeah. I think it kept it really fresh. And definitely a long season too. You know, so now you're not playing at the same type of season so on one end it's it's to your point it good the other end it's like now everybody in the organization is is truly working 12 months of the year yeah you know, with, with no breaks so you know in your career you've, you've worked in five different leagues you know both professionally and collegiate so what do you feel like are some of the similarities and differences specifically as it relates to a from a business perspective you know i think there are basic um there are just basic business practices that always apply, right? Like you walk in the door, you understand if you can do the ticket sales cycle properly, right? You're starting renewals at the right time. You're going out with new business at the right time. We're making sure we're prospecting correctly. Like there are best tried and true best practices that apply no matter where you are. 
no matter what league you're in, if you implement those at a high level, typically you can grow your fan base, right? If you're thinking about the marketing piece, who are your target markets? Again, everything is getting so much, this is the wrong word, easier. I think you can be more strategic because of all the data that is now available, maybe versus when I was starting in professional sports in 2005. Um, Sometimes it was kind of like, you know, you're (laughs) saying, let me try this and see if it sticks. I think you can be much more strategic with it. So there are just, I think, tried and true um, things that, you know, you can easily implement first day on the job. Now, there are nuances that you have to learn as you come into each league, right? Um, Especially, you know, when I walked into the NLL, I didn't know much about lacrosse, period. So kind of learning the ins and outs, what does the game experience look like related to that? Like you never want to step over a line that um, harms the integrity of the game, but you want to push the limits to create the most entertainment value around the actual competition. So that's always been a key focus, no matter where I've been, highlighting the players and their personalities, making sure their voices are being heard, whether it's, you know, I think people like to know things like what's on their music list pregame down to what's important to them socially, right? Um, So being able to make those connections with our players, no matter, again, where I've been, so that we can tell those stories and get them involved off the field, off the court, whatever, you know, I think that helps double down on the connection with the fan base as well. So again, the, the, the dynamics of the various situations in the various leagues may change, but I think some of the tactics going in are, are always the same. No, absolutely. And, you know, throughout your entire career, kind of going back to the people you've hired, trained, developed a lot of very successful people. And so what do you feel like are some of those key characteristics that stand out in the most successful people, regardless of the role? You know, I think reliability is a big one, right? Like you want people that are reliable and they're with you and willing to do the work. Like, again, you cannot replace hard work, dedication, great attitude. Like these sound very cliche, but those things will get you so far. And if you're open, you know, everyone that you talk about, you know, the success is inside of them, right? It's they have wanted it, you know, they've wanted to learn. So the curiosity is a big piece as well. Asking the questions, wanting to learn various facets of the business. You know, what I'm always telling our various staff members is like, you may be in this vertical, but if I'm asking you to do something in one of the other verticals, you know, don't be afraid to ask the why of me or the person you're going to, because understanding the full scope of the business is important too, right? Especially if you want to move up, you may stay in the current vertical that you're in and get to the highest level, but you still need to understand what's happening and how you impact the other areas of the business. Yeah. And how you're communicating and collaborating with the other areas. Totally, totally. So I think, you know, again, there's a level of connection, being willing to make connection with people, um, reliability, um, you know, the passion, it. if you have the passion for it, it's going to come through and you're going to, um, you know, I think always succeed. Absolutely. Well, you've certainly had a great career and over 20 years of experience in, the, in those variety of different leagues and roles. As you look back in your time, what has been your best memory? Oh my gosh. That's really tough. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, it's really hard to pin down one specific thing. 
You know, I think, um, honestly, I coming home and standing um, at our home opener um, with the crowd that we had um, back in April, May, I can't even remember what the date was, um, and seeing what the team had put together in a short amount of time um, and just the enthusiasm. It just, it, it means a little something extra special because it's in your backyard backyard. Yeah. And, you know, like I had a niece there and th- the impact that she's getting to see now, because this team is here, you know, just brings another level of yeah. emotion to it. Like I, there, there are so many great mem- memories, you know, we had a great finals run in Connecticut in 2019. And I, I love every one of those people on that squad over there. And you mentioned the two championship runs with the Mercury. So there's a lot to get of good memories. The most recent one is, is definitely, you know, again, it's, it hits the personal and professional. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Amber. And so to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Bell bottoms. I like it. I like it. Will those be in the team store? This next season, we should. We should brand them. <laughs> we should totally brand them. Yeah, exactly. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play it? Hmm. Sandra Bullock. Okay. Any reason why? No, I just think she's cool. Yeah, she's a good actress. Yes. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? Um, Cheryl Crow. All right. Nice. That'd be Missouri. A also a Missourian. Okay. So the hometown. Yeah. I'd like to dinner. ask her about all the, you know, what did the songs mean? Yeah, you know, exactly. Well, Amber, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, don't be afraid to take a chance. Work hard. And be a good teammate. Oh, I love it. You know, it's to your point. That's what this entire you know conversation has been about. You, you've taken some chances, right? And, and some risk on some roles and things like that. But it, it always worked out because you worked, you know, you worked hard and, and uh, you know, being a good team player goes a long way. So Amber, thank you so much. Certainly a pleasure talking to you. And I, and I appreciate your time and your expertise. Thanks, Travis. It's a blast. Thanks. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.